blame him for that. I was you the one blaming him with that. that. Austin Matthews, very good two-way forward. Nobody's saying Carson wants us to go. Oh, your team sucks, Parker. Pick one. And before Miami fan over here starts talking. Blasphemous. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. What does that tell you? He's terrible. I'm not out here saying Tom Brady's bad. Yeah, you are. Listen, Gary. <laughs> I'm saying pick it. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to Daft Picks, episode two of our quarantine shows. With me today, I have, as always, producer Parker. What's up? And on the line, we have Adam. Well, hello there. I don't know why I said on the line. We're all on the line. <laughs> I wasn't uh, going to say anything. I was just going to let you roll with it. So for the next, I'll be honest with you, I don't know how many shows. We're going to be doing some special features that while we have the absence of actual sports news, today we'll be kicking off our icon series with our top five and three runner-up sporting icons who kind of got us into sports. So without further ado, let's get into the show. But keep in mind, at the end of the show, we will be talking about a new game I've invented called the Real or Fake Baseball Player Edition to play with the boys. All right, Parker, kick us off with your first icon and why. All right, so my first icon, this is going to come as no surprise, is Dan Marino. I mean, I'm a Dolphins fan. My dad's a Dolphins fan. My dad's side of the family is a mixture of Dolphins fans and Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. And there's a couple of Jaguars fans, but they're kind of like... They're just in Jacksonville, obviously. So growing up, my whole life, I've been surrounded by old school Dolphins memorabilia, none of which is quite like Dan Marino. The man had a can of an arm. I still truly believe he has the best arm the NFL has ever seen. In 1984, he had like 5,000 passing yards and like 50 touchdowns in a league where most teams would get like maybe like 3,000 passing yards and like 20 touchdowns. So he was the Patrick Mahomes before that was even a thing. Like no one even came close to his numbers until like Peyton Manning and Drew Brees. So he was really, I don't know, as any Dolphins fan could tell you, Dan Marino is essentially our god. Yeah, Dan Marino was definitely a good one. I, I, I'm not really surprised, to be honest with you. I kind of figured he'd be up there somewhere. It's like, the one thing that drives me nuts is people are always like, oh, he didn't win a Super Bowl, da 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 And I'm like, yeah, but Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Does that make him good? No. Sometimes it's the team <laughs> around you. In his second year, he got to a Super Bowl. And then he wasn't able to get there again after that because the defense was never good. On really? an individual talent level, he was one of the best. Yeah, that's fair. I can see that for sure. It's a good one. All right, Adam, moving on to you. All right, my first one would be the thing that got me into college football, and he's more of a no-name anymore, A.J. McCarron for Alabama. In the NFL, he's kind of dropped off because he never really got utilized at the beginning of his career sitting back up to Andy Dalton. But when he was in college at Alabama, all he did was win. And growing up, I got to watch Alabama start their dynasty with Nick Saban. And with A.J. McCarron and McElroy as quarterbacks. And McCarron, the only thing he ever did was win. He, I still am a believer that he was a very underrated quarterback because he had such a good line around him. But the guy, you knew what you were getting from him. He was never on a bad game, and he just led. He was a quiet leader who had stars around him, and he knew how to make them look good. And he got me into college football. Okay. Yeah, and I can remember very many arguments over Madden about if A.J. McCarron was worth rostering. I mean, I, I still say he is. I mean, I think that he's just going for the safe money now considering he's in his late 20s and he probably figures, hey, I'm not going to be a starting quarterback anymore, so I'll just sit back up at Houston now and just rake in my money, which is smart for a lot of people who just realize that they're backups. 
to and be honest. There's nothing wrong with it, but at the beginning of his career, if he could have gotten utilized instead of Andy Dalton when Andy Dalton went down, he contended with Cincinnati on that team. He would have beat, I think it was the Steelers in the AFC Championship. No, it wasn't in the championship. It was the divisional round. They would have gone to the AFC Championship if it weren't for Burfick taking that dumb penalty. <laughs> at the end of the game, like I still Which remember because I be that the one right at the end of the game that led the Steelers being able to go into field goal range and kick I the the field goal to win the game. Like if it weren't for Perfect, AJ McCarron would have been probably the the prodigal son of Cincinnati Bengals fans. But because of Perfect, he kind of got s- stuck into that backup role. All right, that's a good one. I guess I'll go with one of our off the board picks. The guy who kind of got me into football. In my opinion, the best pure tackler the Steelers have ever had, Troy Polamalu. I think in our history of safeties, he's got to be the first on the list. If not, he's a close number two. And even as far as safeties of all time, I know he gets knocked a lot for not being all that good defensively and really just being sort of just a raw athlete. But I really think he should be up there. And there's nobody more fun to watch when I was like growing up watching in the NFL than Troy Polamalu. I mean, he's just the hair, you know? I go with that one. I haven't heard more of a rebuke from Parker. <laughs> I've always felt that Troy Palmalu has kind of been, I've always felt like it's sort of been recency bias, but he was a very good player. Yeah, for sure. All right, Parker, who's your second one? All right, my second one, this one's to come as no surprise to Adam, Tim Tebow. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Gross. Listen, I'm a Florida Gators fan. When he played for Florida, <laughs> he was amazing. Granted, uh, he didn't. Play, it, yeah. Granted, he didn't pan out in the NFL, but he did have that magic game against the Steelers in the playoffs. I mean, Tim Tebow does have a hell of a story. I'll give him that. It's like, and the thing that I liked about Tim Tebow was just he's a genuinely good human being. And especially yeah. with a lot of those nutcases that came out of that Florida Gators National Championship team, and there were a lot of them. He not only was normal, he was just a genuinely good human being. And he also is a really good athlete in general. I mean, you have to give him that. No one could stop him when he was on the field. Except for Bama that one year. But otherwise, it was pretty Yeah, uh, that, dominant. that one time Bama made him cry. Well, yeah, then he made Bama cry. So, whatever. All right. That was when the rivalry between Florida and Bama was good. I want that rivalry back. It was so good. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen soon. Florida's taking a pickup. All right, moving on. Adam? My second icon, I would say, going to the hockey world, the guy who got me really into the sport and I idolized my play after. Drum roll, please. <laughs> it's Kale McCarr. <laughs> uh, no, no, Joe Sackick. Um, I thought you could say Martin Testu, unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, Joe Sackick, when I was growing up, my I was always watching Avalanche games with my dad. Joe Sackick was the guy I always wanted to play like when I played hockey. I wanted to play center because of him. I wanted to be a shot first kind of team player at the same time. Like I loved watching him play. He, I never, when I remember him playing, I never saw him. So I was only 10 years old when he retired. So keep that bias in mind. I never saw the man fail. Like in my mind, the perfect hockey player growing up. And he just got me so into the sport, especially when I would go back and watch those highlight footage of the Colorado Avalanche golden years from the late 90s, early 2000s. And it was always Joe Sackick, Peter Forsberg, Milan Hayduk, Rob Blake, Adam Foote. Like, that was the team. Yeah, obviously. You'll probably hear us at times. I mean, you have heard us before 
have a Freudian slip where we call it Adam Sackick because his old screen name used to be Sackick. And this is probably the least surprising player on all three lists, honestly. Yeah. Okay, yeah, no, Sackick's a good one. Very unsurprising. My second one, and this should come as no surprise to anybody, is the uh, only player I ever considered to be my favorite of all time, which is Derek Jeter. There's nobody in my personal sporting history that I hold in higher esteem. He's the best shortstop of all time in my eyes, although a lot of people would argue Ozzy. And I just think that Derek Jeter, for all his faults, even his platitudes as a person, he's the best Yankee of all time. Over Babe Ruth, over Joe DiMaggio, over Yogi Berra. Derek Jeter is at the mantle, and no pun intended, of the Yankees' centerpiece and center field. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. If I was more of a Yankees fan, I would say that Jeter would be in my top five of icons, but I was never really a a Yankees fan myself growing up, so like, I don't have that connection with him, but I do have a huge respect for what he did. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of Red Sox fans even admit like Derek Jeter's a great player, and you don't get that a lot from the rivalry. Yeah, when you get when you get people in rivalries saying that they're the other side has a fantastic player, like Avalanche fans would obviously admit Nick Lidstrom is fantastic, Steve Eiserman is fantastic. Like you always get that, and you know that you have a good a rivalry along with a good relationship at that point. All right, Parker, moving on to your third one. My third one, now that I'm transitioning to the hockey world, would have to be no surprise, Marty St. Louis. He is my phone oh, background. That's a good one. I'd actually forgotten about that one, yeah. I am a stickler for great players who are kind of underappreciated. It's like, you'll never hear me say, like, my favorite player is Sidney Crosby, or like Tom Brady, or Mike Trout, the consensus best player in the league. That will never be my favorite player. The thing I loved about Marty San Luis is that ever since he entered the league, he was counted out. He was like the underdog superstar. He was always he was so the underdog because of his size. Yeah, like when he played at the University of Vermont, he was incredible. He had like 100 point seasons like throughout his collegiate career. But people were like, "Oh, he's five foot six, five foot eight. He's short. He's too small for the NHL. As soon as he gets here, he's gonna die." We all know that yeah, didn't he did happen. Yeah, he through the really physical NHL time. Like physicality in the NHL has kind of gone down in retrospect of like the early 2000s. Man, he was killer even yeah. in, when he played. Yeah, he was incredible. He was a great leader. You could put him anywhere on the forward line and he would do great. The guy was an incredible playmaker, great hockey sense, very smart. He was also a monster in the weight room apparently, which didn't surprise me at all. Have you seen his quads? But yeah, he was undrafted and he really broke the barrier for undersized players to go in the NHL. I'm sure there was probably like one or two guys that were really good that were undersized before him, but he was the one that really broke it for guys like Tyler Johnson and Johnny Gaudreau, Alex DeBrinkett, Cam Atkinson. Even some more underrated young younger guys who are who have a higher ceiling like Sam Girard I can think of mm-hmm. in Colorado on the blue line. He's he's only five nine. Like for a defenseman in the NHL even now that's kind of unheard of. Yeah, he really had a mark on NHL history that's pretty substantial. He's the underdog for the underdogs, and that's why he'll always be my favorite hockey player. Yeah, no, Martin St. Louis, not only was he, like, a great athlete, and he had, like, a great come-up story, but, like, he was also one of the biggest, like, I, I, I don't know, for lack of a better term, he's a sponge. Like, I know in a lot of books, they talk about how he essentially, from every coach, learned something new. You know, from Tortorella, he learned how to check. He's a coach in Calgary. He learned how to be a shooter. Like, he just always soaked up information wherever he went, and that's a good player. 
Yeah, he played up until what thirty nine forty, and even his last yeah. year, he put up sixty points. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> incredible longevity and consistency. Okay, that's a good one. I actually forgot about that one. All right, Adam, moving on to yours. All right, I'm gonna go off to a different sport. I'm gonna. For those who don't know, I know I don't talk a lot about baseball on the podcast because I've kind of fallen off of watching it because I don't it, it's hard to watch baseball on live TV. But when I was growing up, I was I was a Rockies fan, still am really, but I don't get to watch it a whole lot. But first season, I remember watching baseball. I just decided it's the only sport my dad and I don't share the favorite team of. He's a Cubs fan for baseball. I decided to watch the Colorado Rockies. And in 07, they made it to the World Series, and the guy at the front of it all was Todd Helton. When I played, I wanted to be a first baseman because of Todd Helton. I wanted to be a shortstop because of Troy Tulowitzki. I wanted to be an outfielder because of Carlos Gonzalez. But I wanted to more or less be more like Todd Helton because of the leadership he gave to that team. And I only got to see him towards the end of his career when he played for Colorado. And he was just like, in my mind, one of the best players I could watch growing up. Okay, that's a good one. Kind of an off-board one for you. I'm a little surprised, I'll be honest with you. Moving on, I'm going to take us to a different sport. One that I know none of you even have a player on, probably. The world of the other football, or soccer, and it's David Beckham. And anybody who knows me knows my affinity for David Beckham. You know, I think he's done so many things to bring soccer to America, and he's just one of my favorites of all time. You know, he's obviously one of the greatest of his generation, and I think he redefined what it meant to be a football player. Like, he wasn't humble. He was outwardly showy. And I think he's sort of, he's one of those players who, even if you don't watch the sport, I mean, you know who David Beckham is because he just crosses boundaries. I could go with that one. All right, Parker, on to your uh, next one, number four. All right. Now I'm going to move to the world of football. And Berto knows immediately who I'm going to say. I called it. Adam, did I not call it? <laughs> yep. Just 20 minutes ago, he said it was going to happen. <laughs> Let me guess. Is he Team Croatia? Yep. Take it away. <laughs> Luka Modric. Yep. yep, there it is. Yep, when you think of Team Croatia, there's only one name you could think of, and that's Luka Modric. And right. <laughs> I don't follow soccer or the other football. I don't know anything about like any of those leagues. I just follow the World Cup. So okay. I've really gained the appreciation for Modric. He's an undersized player. He's five foot eight. And he won the, what was it, the Golden Ball or whatever in the World Cup last year? Golden Boot? <laughs> Golden Boot, yeah. I Again, this is how much I know about that. Or the that. Ballon d'Or. Actually, he didn't win the Ballon d'Or, but he didn't know. I think he did, actually. He did not win the Ballon d'Or. He won the Golden Boot. Okay. He's a great player. From what I understand about football is that he was always one of those players considered really, really, really good, but underrated. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about Luca a lot on this show. He is, for lack of a better term, he's a machine. Like, very few players who have the stamina and the pace that he had in his prime. And, I mean, they call him the machine in the center field, their center of the pitch, because, for lack of a better term, he is the motor. He literally drives the play and stops the play. The ball starts and ends with him. So, yeah, for sure, he's, he's up there. Yeah, he's literally the machine. He's also a really nice guy. And Do you I'm know just, him personally? No, no, but he no, he's just another one of those athletes that's just a genuinely good dude. And I'm looking at his little uh, awards case right now, and yeah, in 2018, he got the UEFA's Men's Player of the Year award and the Ballon d'Or. Oh, he did win the Ballon d'Or. Yeah, yep. that was 20. What did you say? 2018. 2018. Yeah, right after yeah, Croatia's okay, World Cup. Bro. Yeah, I knew he had won it at some point. I just didn't know when. 
So yeah, I'm actually I'm not surprised. I it, it was it was either him or Mario Mandzukic, but I feel like Modric is. I mean, he's the face of Team Croatia. All right, Adam, moving on to you. My next pick, I'm going to go back to the world of hockey. I've been debating on trying to get people off of just my favorite teams, but the more I think about it, it's just the people who got me really into the sport, and I have to go with Patrick Waugh for Colorado. In Montreal, for the people who still are firm believers that he was more of a Montreal goaltender, but to that I say no. Uh, he won half of his cups in Colorado. But Patrick Waugh, I think, for the opposite reasons of Sackick, he was such a ferocious player in the net. I think of like the Colorado and Detroit rivalry when it was at its height, and you see Patrick Waugh at the front of it beating up the other goaltender. Like, what was it, Osgood at the time? Yeah. You don't see many goalies getting that involved in the rivalries, even like when rivalries were at their peak, I would say in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Like, you never really saw the goalies get into it unless it was Colorado, Detroit. And Patrick Waugh had the attitude, but the skills to back it up, especially when he played. You don't get goalies who do spinoramas around Wayne Gretzky at, at center ice and get a penalty. I mean, that was the type of player that Waugh was. On his really bad nights, he was bad but on his really good nights you got the best goaltender in my opinion in NHL history and he was so fun to watch yeah I always have hated Patrick Waugh so I don't really have any further comment <laughs> moving on I'll respect him I'll give him the respect he deserves moving on I'll delve into the world of hockey for the first time surprisingly and you know what I'll be the guy of course I had to pick the best player in the entire hockey universe I mean this comes as no surprise I love the sport of hockey, and it wouldn't be there without him. Of course, the best player in NHL history, Mario Lemieux. He is the magnificent one. Don't be a hot take. It really shouldn't be. Mario Lemieux would have beaten Wayne Gretzky if he was healthy. He also played hockey as opposed to Wayne Gretzky, who played skate down score. ice on people who have never played hockey. So Wayne Gretzky played ice score. Lemieux yeah. played hockey. And this isn't taking it from Gretzky. I love Gretzky, too. He's definitely number two to me. But Mario Lemieux had the best skill set of all time. He's the only person to score a goal five different ways. He's the magnificent one. He saved the Penguins not once, but twice. Probably a third time, let's be honest, because we're getting to the end of our run here. And you know what? He is Le Magnifique. So. If I had wheels, I'd have a wagon. <sighs> you can't steal my things. You can't have it both ways. <laughs> this is not Uno. You can't reverse. I think you just did. Okay. <laughs> Moving right along. Parker, why don't you uh, give us your enlightenment on your last pick? Alright, this one's going to come as a shock, because I don't really follow this sport a lot, but I still follow it on the periphery. Dwayne Wade. Miami Heat. Really? Yeah. Pretty much synonymous with Florida basketball, South Beach. He really helped revitalize interest in Miami sports with his magnificent career with the Heat. When Dan Marino retired in 98, that was sort of the end of the great Dolphins era that still has yet to recover, and the Florida Panthers aren't good. They were just an expansion team back then. So really, okay. the only thing sports fans in Miami could look forward to was the Heat. And then in 2003, when they got Dwayne Wade, and then he started you know, doing his thing. Great all-around player. Amazing defender. I will never forget the game, I think it was like a year or two years ago, when he came back to the Heat after being on the Bulls. And okay. they played against the... Cavaliers? Yeah, because it was against LeBron, and 
you know, it was like uh, near the end of the game, and he just had this perfect block on LeBron James that sort of denied him the win, which I thought was incredible. You know what? I respect the fact it's very out of the box. I didn't think he'd have one of those. Yeah, I mean, he was, again, always a player I respected. If I had to pick a basketball team, it would probably be the Heat, and not because they were from Florida, but because of Wade. I mean, he checks the boxes of players that I love. He's a great all-around player. He doesn't ignore defense. He's a great leader. And tell me if you haven't heard this before. He's undersized. I know you like those kind of players. And again, sort of an underdog kind of guy. Continued a great style of play, a great level of play up until the end of his career. Sure. Yeah, I agree. That's a good pick. All right. Kind of a surprising one. Adam, moving on to you. All right. My next one is less of a surprising one. I know that a lot of my picks are players who are recently retired or are still playing, but going back to the world of football, I would say one of my icons is none other than Derrick Henry, the Heisman winner himself. Oh, boy. <laughs> just, I think that in the world of football, he is able to have just that right amount of mix of showy but humble at the same time because that's all he did in Bama was just put up numbers and when he went into the NFL, he kind of just took that like slight sting of dropping from first round to second round and sitting back up for a couple seasons just to grow. And he's a great community aspect in the NFL world. He does a lot for his community in Tennessee. All he does is just perform. I think that he's just one of those players that only makes the game better. If we had 100 Derrick Henrys in the NFL, the league would be so much better. If we had a hundred Derrick, Derrick Henrys in the NFL, we'd have a hundred exotic Smash Mouth offenses, to quote Mike Malarkey. Honestly, oh. like when you're entire in, in today's <laughs> NFL, when you are a running back who makes the game go from pass first mentality to your team's entire offensive system with a backup quarterback named Ryan Tannehill, go, we're going to run the ball in their face and they can't stop us. You know you're a special kind of guy in this game. Like he... The guy's the size of a linebacker and he runs a 4-5. That's just not fair. <laughs> it's like, he is a fantastic player and he was so much fun to watch and still is in the NFL, more so in college because, like, let's be honest, college is a lot more, we're going to score more points. You have a lot more high-strung and gun-show kind of offenses. Not only and, that, but there's also a huge talent disparity in college. It's like oh, yeah, in absolutely. college with some teams, especially like teams like the Citadel, you'll have like these undersized players that aren't only undersized, they're undersized and not good. You would yeah. see uh you would see Derrick Henry just blasting through their entire defense because all they would do is just crowd the line and he would have like he would just drag like five people with him. He would drag defensive linemen at some schools down. Like even in the NFL, like he's you don't arm tackle him. You just can't. He's just an anomaly of the game of football right now. You don't see many guys like him with his skill set that he has. His big flaw is he's not agile. When you're six foot three, two hundred and fifty some pounds, I think his last weigh-in was like it, it was two forty at the very least. And you run a four five, and you have the strength of a bull. Like nobody's stopping you with an arm tackle. Yeah, I was gonna he, say the he's only just so much fun to watch, and he's a humble character, but he's showy when he needs to be because he knows that he's one of the better ones in the game right now. Yeah, I was going to say, the only knock on him is exactly because of his size, because once you stop his momentum, that's it. 
but then again, I wouldn't say that. That, that momentum's he's, almost he's an unstoppable. Animal. Watch some of his watch some of his strength highlights from both in game and his workouts. He is really really strong. You stop him, he still has a chance to plow you over. Okay, okay, we're a little too far on the Derrick Henry hole here. Yeah, it's fine. All right, so my next pick, my last pick, I should say, is Bryce Harper. I use a little bit of recency bias to this one. I know he's not considered the best player at the moment. He is definitely up there. And I don't think there's anybody who does more for the sport of baseball than Bryce Harper. I mean, Rob Manford used to knock Mike Trout about not doing enough to advertise his brand. Bryce Harper is his own brand. And I just think it's fun to watch him. He's a great player. And I think when it's all said and done, he'll be a Hall of Famer. I mean, Without... I can't really argue with that. Okay. With no further comment, we're going to move on to our runners-up. So, we're just going to do a quick drop in your player, 20-second breakdown. All right, Parker, let's run it to you. So, give us your three players. Yarmer Yager, Drew Brees, and Ricky Williams. Okay, why? Yarmer Yager, third best player in NHL history. Absolutely incredible. The guy's 46 and is still an absolute unit. Drew Brees, I see him as the Dan Marino of today. Ricky Williams, story time. Sunday afternoon, September 2008. Dolphins against Patriots. The Wildcat happened. Ricky Williams. I have no comment on Ricky Williams. I have no idea who that even is. <laughs> he was our running back 2008. He was probably our second or third best running back of all time. And in 2008, the Dolphins unveiled the Wildcat offense, putting in Ricky Williams essentially as quarterback and then just running it. It was incredible. And the Patriots were very displeased at that game. I could definitely see you as Jeremy Yager. That's a good one, though, for sure. Yeah. All right, Adam, let's hear yours. All right, so I'm going to go with one non-player. That's Nick Saban. Other player, Mike Madano, the world of hockey. And then for the world of football, I'm going to have to Peyton Manning. Mike Madonna was kind of like that Joe Sackick-esque player, but not at the same time when he was playing for the Dallas Stars. Nick Saban, really fun to watch coach, especially when he's mad. But Mike Madonna and Peyton Manning, like, they were the guys for their respective franchises. Okay. Not going to lie, it's a little off the board. I'm kind of surprised you picked those guys, but I respect them. Fun fact before we move on, Mike Madonna would have hit 1,500 games in the NHL, but on the last day of the season, Mike Babcock benched him, and then he retired $14.99. Fun fact. Those are good picks. I got to pick Nick Saban somewhere, even if it's a runner-up, because like, I will argue to the bitter end that he is the best college football coach in the history of the game. Bear Bryant? What? Yeah. Over yeah. Bear Bryant? Bear Bryant? He's done it in less time in this game. where Bear system... Bryant? Yeah. Nick Saban's better. Unreal. He's done what that's that that that's a hot take, dude. I I don't know, dude. That's 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 recency bias up the wazoo. Yeah, it's not. Let me put some. Let me put some. No, no, we are not having this argument right now. I just no, you're wrong. We are moving on. Birdo, you go. So I'm gonna cheat a little bit here. So my first one is a person. It's Herb Brooks. You know, great coach, Team USA. Unfortunately, his career was cut short. His life was cut short. But, man, he was something for a while. And, I mean, even with the Penguins, I loved him. Even though he wasn't the main guy. I'm going to cheat here. This is the rest of the core four from the 90s for the Yankees. Couldn't obviously put Pettit, Tassada, and Moe in there. But I'm going to cheat and say 
and the entire core four is just that good and that worthy of respect. The best dynasty, in my opinion, of all time. And lastly, somebody I think that's a little bit off the board, Tony Hawk. I know it's not a traditional sport, but Tony Hawk to me is like one of those people who, even if you don't watch skateboarding, and I really don't, like you played the games, you know Tony Hawk today, he's still around, he's still relevant. And I mean, he really put the X Games and that kind of like extreme sport on the map. I mean, who came before him? And like, who's that famous that came after him? I can't think of too many names. Can you? I absolutely can't. I mean, I love playing Tony Hawk. What was on the original Xbox? Tony Hawk Skating Paradise 2 or whatever the heck it was called. Like, Tony Hawk was the guy, and I completely forgot about him. And I kind of appreciate that pick. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I can't name a single other guy other than him. <laughs> so that kind of goes to show that he's sort of the See? face of that. I mean, other than Sean White. But, I mean, you know, he's a different kind of sport. So... While I'm looking this up, we're going to play a little game called Real or Fake. So you guys all know the baseball names are typically pretty odd, you would say, right? Yeah. Not as hot as hockey, but... Yeah, yeah uh, hockey's oh. had some pretty fun ones. Oh, let's see if that's true. So I'm going to read you guys a tweet. We're not going to go all, through all 100, obviously. We're going to do like 10 or so. From an account I love to follow, and if you don't follow them, test for the family barbecue. I'm pretty sure they do, like, their own sports show now on days or something. And they're just a really great account to follow. But they compiled, late last April, a list of their top 100 greatest baseball names that were in the minor leagues that season. So, we're going to play real or fake. I'm going to give you guys the names, and you can tell me if they're real or fake. Okay? So, we're going to start somewhere down the middle here. Is this name real or fake? Mikeshendon Kelkboom. Real. I feel like that's real. That is real. We're going to start at number two now. Sick Narp Loopstock. Real. That's fake. That is real. Oh, my God. We're going to go number three now. Obi Rickamstrick. Fake. Fake. That is real. <laughs> what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> Brock Death Rage. Oh, that's fake. That's fake. That's real. What? Why? Wait, what? Who is this guy? Brock Deathrage is a Detroit Tigers prospect. Oh my god, what a name. I want that jersey now. Thomason Throbonovich. Real. You gotta throw a fake one in. That is fake. Thank god. I'm gonna tell you, there's gonna be like 10 real ones here. We'll go a couple more here. Roshenton Thomas Jansen. Real. Real? That is real. Bob Clark. Fake. Fake. That is fake. <laughs> I gotta look up my list. Ryan Horseparter. Real. I still hope that's fake. That's fake. We're gonna give you five more. Davidson Lamppool. Real. Real? That is fake. LeJason Newsom. Fake. Real. That is real. Alright, you got three more. Parker Bug. Real. Real. That is real. Tulio Santa Maria. Real. Fake. That is real. Ah. And our last one. Let me find a good one on my two lists of fake and real. So, Luis Severino. Real or fake? Uh, uh, uh metaphysical. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, are you ready? Yep. Lars Newt Bar. Real. Fake. 
that is real just because you guys enjoyed this. I'm going to read you the top 10. Would you guys like to hear the top 10 on this list? Oh, sure. So, at number 10, we have Mo Landry. Number 9, Josh Bro with an X. Number 8, Jansen Junk. Rain Supple. Signar Stock, our favorite. Sincere Smith. Henry Henry. Maverick Buffo. Maxion Kalkaboom. Makeshin Don Kalkaboom. And our last one, I don't know how this is number one, Hamlet Marte. Horatio. I feel, like all, I feel like all of those names belong in the Key and Peel East-West Bowl, like skits. All right, running down the sideline, Death Ray. <laughs> no, Death Rage. Oh, oops. <laughs> yeah, my favorite. Er, throwing the football, Keycore Luke Stock. Ah, uh, yes, Sick North Luke Stock. I don't remember. So once again, thank you to Cespedes Family Barbecue's fantastic Twitter for that. So that was our, our game. We'll return at some point with that game. Maybe we'll do football names next or hockey. We got a lot of WHL names to cover too. So it'll be like it'll be like that video of how to be a hockey player and it's like you gotta know how to pronounce them. Dustin Bufuglin. Dustin Cal uh, Clutterbuck. Before, for anybody who wants to see that video that they're plugging, it's IFHT. I effing hate that on YouTube. It's like a how to be a hockey player if you want to look that video up too. You got to cite your sources, people. Come on. So that was our first of our icon series, giving you all a little preview of what's to come. I don't know how often we're going to... I'm assuming this is going to be a pretty frequent crew. I'd like to see this out with this crew, considering we don't have anything better to do now. So next show, I want us to do our top 25 all-time hockey players, which we kind of already ran through a bunch of them, as well as greatest plays in our lifetime and some of the biggest heartbreaks number one patrick wah number (laughs) two patrick wah becoming gm number three patrick wah getting fired (laughs) feels bad number four taylor hall beating nathan mckinnon for the heart absolute garbage (laughs) absolute garbage is right I'll fight anyone. You know, it, it's a I shame like, we're not going to be able to do that this year due to the, the whole quarantine thing. I love it how the audio for that, it just cuts out. It is pretty great. <laughs> I I still have that clip on my Maybe one day we'll drop that on the Twitter feed. Maybe, maybe just maybe one maybe, day Nathan McKinnon will actually get the heart that he deserves. Maybe one yeah, day I, I could uh, put that in a new intro. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, um, now, uh, I don't want to cut the show short, so we're going to continue going here. We're going to have to take a page from other podcasts because, if you'll notice, there's not much sports going on. But you know what? That doesn't mean we can't still have fun here, right? So um, let me ask you, how have you guys been spending your quarantine? I've been sleeping until 3 in the afternoon. Very nice. Yes, fun fact, last episode we recorded that you'll hear at some point in the future, or actually in the past, Parker actually recorded that from his bed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm recording mine from my bed right now, so here we are. Yeah. I've been playing uh, Xbox the entire recording session. Yeah, as opposed to my typical appearance on Daft Picks, where I have a hoodie and jeans, I'm wearing a hoodie and jeans. So yeah, really, I'm, really I'm, I'm wearing a white t-shirt and Gears of War shorts, because I still have these. I, I don't know that that was a question, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> don't remember asking. I thought we could have a little bit of fun this episode, break into a different world. Uh, Parker, I think I already know what your answer is going to be. You guys want to give me your favorite video game? Maybe something you're using to pass the time? Oh, God, I have a bunch. Maybe, like, top three? Okay. All right, how, 
go ahead. Let me. Is Dark Souls number one? No, it is not actually. Oh, okay. My top three of all time would have to be, in no particular order, Mass Effect Two, Witcher Three, and Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic. Interesting. Dark Souls would be like number four, probably. Okay. Yeah, I mean, a game that makes you hate yourself isn't good. All right, Adam, do you want to give us your top three? No particular order. I would have to put on any game from the Assassin's Creed series. I could easily put it number three. I love that those storyline games. I I'm gonna go away from sports games because like I like playing them, but they're not stand out to me. So I'm gonna have to go with Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Two... <laughs> number two, I'm gonna have to put some kind of open world game like Fallout Four or Outer Worlds right now. Wait, I'm Outer really Worlds is out. It's yeah. been out, dude. It's, you been out. it's not not on Steam. What you egg? It's not. <laughs> Check again left, because it's been good. out since last year in October. But anyway, uh, yeah, it says the Outer Worlds coming soon. Game, I mean, get it on if you still have your PlayStation. Just get it on PlayStation. I don't know. It's been out for a while. It's a great game. Highly recommend it. I need to um, play it. That's right, my alley. Yeah, it's great. And then I would have to say my number one. Oh, man. God, I can't pick. Uh, I'm going to say Fallout 4 because it got me into that style of game that the Outer Worlds is in. There's a whole bunch of games that I would recommend, but those are just the, the some that I can think of off the top of my head. You should get in the Fallout New Vegas if you get the chance. I have it, and I need to dedicate a day just to do single player, but whenever I'm on, everyone's on, and I do multiplayer stuff. So if I can find a day to just do single-player games, cool. I need to start uh, that, and I need to start Fallout 3. If you like the Bethesda-style games, you should also get in the Elder Scrolls. See, I like Skyrim, but meh. I'm more of a fan of the Fallout series. This conversation is derailed very quickly. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, we're just having By fun. By the way, before you continue, I just wanted to say, NHL 15 is definitely up there for me. Minecraft. Is that the one with Watch. Patrice Bergeron on the cover? Yeah. yeah, it's also the game that I was the best at. I still have my copy of that. That's the only NHL game I have. Legend has it that if you look closely at my profile from that game, you can actually see a backpack with Sakic's head, or Adam's head sticking out of it. See, I told you, at some point I was going to 40 and flip and call you Sakic. I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> just, just like Wally did the one day on the recording oh session last week. Shout out to Wally. <laughs> Wally's going to be on here at some point soon. I just talked to him. He's just going to call everyone by their Xbox gamer tags. Ace Energy. Valley <laughs> yeah. Park Ranger. <laughs> oh, God. So, how, back to my original question. How have you guys been spending your quarantine? I've been trying to get caught up on schoolwork. Okay. Yeah, same. Feel that. Not very I've been, fun. Uh, I've been transitioning my bedroom into being a classroom and practice room because I'm a music student and I need to do that thing. Well, how'd so. you get a whole orchestra in your bedroom? Wait, what? <laughs> Tell that to my school. Uh, yes. So wait, what instrument do you play? I play a lot. I need, I have four instruments at home with me right now. I need to, I'm learning trumpet right now that I need to do for my one class. I have three different saxophones that I'm doing different music for. So are you starting yeah. a jazz band? I mean, I'm in he the jazz, jazz band, band. school. <laughs> so get this, I'm in the jazz band at school and I need to record my music by myself with a click track to make sure that it's at the right speed and I need to submit it to my professor and he's going to put every single members into one audio file and I can only imagine <laughs> how garbage it's going to sound. Uh, wait, so it's going to be oh like, it's going to be like that episode of uh, Fun Bob before they know how to play the band. Just, just 
Honestly, it's gonna it's gonna be so bad. He's having us record all of our parts separately, and he's just gonna like put them all together in an audio file that's, and send it to all of us. That's not that's not how audio mixing works. I mean, it's well, been done before, but like it's is. gonna be so weird. But with like a hundred uh, different sounds, that's not gonna. No, 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 no. Oh, hear me out. I think we found our new intro music. <laughs> no. <laughs> No. Uh, so I apologize to your speakers. You know, I can only imagine for the some students that don't have, I assume most of them don't even have studio grade equipment. Some people are just recording on their phones, I'm assuming, right? Yep. Oh, probably. Yeah. Yep. I, I mean, I'm recording all my stuff on my phone or my computer. Yeah, I'm probably going to be recording on my computer considering when I tried to upload the one video to send to my professor, it took me three hours and it made my ping go from uh, 10 to 450 when I was playing Windows XP. <laughs> Oh, like, oh god. Nice. I won so many ping battles and I got kicked out of the game. It was so bad. <laughs> I well I don't have the sword to top that. I've been watching Harry Potter. Does that make you guys feel better? Casual. I mean I gotta get caught up on some TV shows. I wanna watch Game of Thrones. I'm gonna use this time to watch Game of Thrones I think, Game of Thrones is a very fun binge. I binged it in a week in preparation for the finale. I know how it ends, but yeah, it uh, yeah the finale is not good, but like the first whoa, five whoa. seasons. Are what incredible. do you mean? The finale was great. The fi- <laughs> oh, we're, we're not like Game of Thrones, y'all. What was the problem with the finale? Every, it didn't make sense with the world they built. She broke the wheel. It just broke the wheel. Okay, Bernie. Well, okay. <laughs> is this what we're doing now? <laughs> oh God, we need to end this before we really get into it. Anyway, yeah, speaking so, of those kinds of shows, I want to get into binging The Witcher. I hear that that's I've really good. My stepdad just started watching that. I mean, because I'm a big fan of the video games. The video games have got me into the books. I'm currently reading the books right now, but I would you like to do the TV story. The, the what? You can read? You can't? <laughs> wow. Unreal. What, you like? The betrayal. <laughs> Man, you know what sucks is fantasy baseball might not even happen, and I finally have a good team I can't turn away. I wouldn't say that. I mean, if worse comes to worse, we could just, like, keep the teams for next year. We could. Anywho. This show has gone so far off the rails. I mean, hey, here we are. We're having fun. I'm sure somebody got a laugh out of it. This, this will be how the remaining quarantine shows will be, because, quite honestly, we don't have sports. So, I hope you guys enjoy Game of Thrones and The Witcher. That's what we'll be talking about. Yes, sir. Um, I have not watched either of them, so. Alright, well, fair warning, I'm going to warn our viewers, we're going to be recording these shows in bunches, because we can, so we're going to. So you'll probably hear, like I said, I want to keep this group together for the Icon series, and I've got a couple side fun projects for the show, like today, like we did with quarantine time. So next week, Adam, would you like to join us again? Oh yeah. Okay. It's almost like I've got nothing better to do. Yeah, so we'll probably record next week's show on a couple days here. Next week, we're going to be talking about, I think I will say, uh, we'll talk about our top five greatest plays and five heartbreaking plays in sports. Next week, join us for something I've been planning to put out for a while. Seems like a good time. Das Picks Book Club. What? Yeah, yeah, even our producer didn't know about it. How's that for a surprise? You know how to read? <laughs> yeah, this, you is don't? A, this is a first. <laughs> I think I found the name of the. I think I think I found the name of the title for the show. This, uh, this show. You know how to read? Oh no! I this Listen, is gonna be. Gary, oh no! It's it's just gonna be all sports books, and I'm gonna be the guy that's like 1984. No, 
All of his books are going to be sports books or political books. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I've got I've got a couple books in mind. The, so we're have a, we got, hi, we got Alabama, more perfect union by Dr. Ben Carson. Hi, I'm Chris Roberto, presenting to you the entire Bernie Sanders Memorial Library. Just because Bernie Sanders Our Revolution is on my book list does not mean you need to bully me for it. Okay. <laughs> Unbelievable. You think you know a guy. So anywho, I guess that's our show for today. Thankfully. We'll be back I'm gonna say next week. So yeah, that's our show. We'll wrap it there today. Thank you for listening. I uh, thank you for listening if you listen this far. See ya.